Hello everyone, I am Rahab Armalik and you're listening to Cue the Music, a podcast where I talk about music with strangers. And in this week's episode, I'm talking to Joseph, who's a teacher from LA. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello. Hi, you can hear me properly? Yeah, I can hear you properly. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm like totally overslept when I was originally going to sleep. Yeah, I totally, yeah, messed that did up. You just up. Did you just wake up? I was, I woke up like maybe 15 minutes ago and I was like, why the hell is it so bright? <laughs> I looked and I was like, oh shit. So, but apart from that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well yourself. I'm good. I'm good. So, how are you? How's everything been going for you? Um, not too bad. I mean, not as bad as like some other people have it. So that's how I generally view it. So yeah, like, I mean, I don't have a job, but not many people I know have a job either. So I know I'm not alone in that regard. And uh, the states is just watching everything going on in the states is kind of frustrating, but. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's frustrating being on the outside, so I can't imagine what it's being like inside and just going through all that, what's happening there. I know, it's not like, okay, so I'm a teacher, and the fact that, you know, the head of the education department, the secretary of education, Mm -hmm. just basically was like, yeah, just go back to school. And I'm like, okay, what happens if this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens? They're like, doesn't matter, go back to school. And I'm like, okay, like... (laughs) I'm like, that does not make me want to want to like go back to teaching because I'm an English teacher. And yeah, so it's like, well, how can I how can I guarantee my own safety, let alone my student safety, if you're not giving me any reason that I believe to believe that you have come up with a plan. So mm-hmm. that's why. But yeah. Can they force you to go? Can they like can they force you to go? Like make make it mandatory by law or something that you have to go. They cannot force you to go in unless your school district opens up and then you have to go in. But um from my understanding, so I live in Los Angeles. Um LA Unified, which is the second largest district in the United States, the only other one that's bigger is New York. Um yeah, they said we're not opening up. And the threat from the Secretary of Education was basically, if you don't open up, you're going to lose funding. And a lot of school districts um, re- require funding for the next year and so on. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the district said, yeah, screw you, <laughs> and said we're not opening up is huge because, you know, that's like in direct opposition to what mm-hmm. um, the Secretary said. So we'll see, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm outside the U.S., but even I know from reading the news and stuff that you, the schools in the U.S. already have problems with funding and all, without the coronavirus being in the equation and all. You you guys yeah. have problems with funding and all. I read that teachers have to buy stuff from their own salary and all to make sure that kids are getting stuff and everything. Yeah. So cutting funding for districts is like just making a bad thing worse. I know. So it's like, wow, that's, that's a card you want to play. Like, you want to play... Um, you want to play the card of oh ultimatum time like do what I say or you, you're screwed and it's just like well <laughs> um, yeah it's all part of a yeah her 
Uh, well, don't get me started on her. I just, yeah, I'm gonna. No, 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 just her. go off. <laughs> if you want to, you can go off. <laughs> yeah, it's just frustrating because she's never taught. And like, I've only had one year of experience of teaching and I already have more years of experience than the secretary of education. My view is the secretary <laughs> of education should have experience in a classroom. I don't care, um, especially public school. You should always have experience in a public school because the majority of the mm -hmm. schools in the States are public. She's always been pro-charter, pro-private. And um, I'm, you know, I grew up overseas. I actually grew up in Hong Kong. So mm -hmm. and that's another thing that I'm looking at too. <laughs> That's great, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not much better there either. I know. It's just like, sheesh. I'm just watching both sides. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I grew up in international Christian schools or international schools in general. So I understand like, mm -hmm. yeah, funding is vastly different from the, for them. But in the States, it's mm -hmm. so bizarre that um, you can get these schools called charter schools, which are basically just like this guy who's the principal runs a school, has any way he wants, and he can fire you at a whim. Yeah, so a lot the turnover for charter schools is like two years, three years for teachers. Mm -hmm. They're like there and then they're gone. But um, yeah, I understand they're meeting a need that isn't being met by the public school system, albeit through probably some systematic, um, yeah, either racism or other things that inhibit certain areas from achieving the goals that they need to or getting the teachers that they need or yeah, so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. yeah, so that's her spiel always she's like she uh she was like on this plan to privatize like a bunch of things <laughs> or divert funding from public schools to private schools and i'm like private schools cannot like i love the idea of like a private school and like being able to send your kid there but at the same time if you want to send your kid there you should pay for it the state should, should the state should not be covering that for you you should be covering that for you if you want it you go do it but I mean, if you can afford to send your kid to a private school, you can afford to yeah. pay for it. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, come on, man. Like, why on earth would you divert funding from a public school where majority of the kids are to another school? So, yeah. And not but... only funding, like, they're, they're also, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might not be correctly informed about this, but they have also, like, done away with the trans, uh, not the, the common gender washrooms and everything there. It's just... Uh... Like, it's just a mess, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the biggest issue right now is, like, do schools reopen or not? Uh, judging by, like, Los Angeles is, what, stupid high. California is one of the highest. Like, it's not as bad as mm -hmm. Florida, but it's still, like, at the beginning, we were, like, just absolutely crushed. And even then, like, a lot of people, I remember I drove my little brother back to his place and there was no one absolutely no one outside so we were doing the correct thing and it was still mm -hmm. spreading like wildfire so yeah i can't imagine like and then back like going from the states to hong kong like back home i know that they're going through a third wave and they've done everything correct so mm -hmm. that doesn't give me any hope for schools opening at least for this fall because it's like we can bear i've i'm pretty young i'm only 25 and I got strep throat like three times in the span of four years. <laughs> so, yeah, out of school. So it's like, you know, it's not that like, there's always this one part of the year during school when everyone gets sick. All the teachers get sick. All the students mm -hmm. get sick. It's just in unavoidable. So I know that would happen. And if you're having like, you know, a mass pandemic and then you make everyone go back, it's going to happen. It's going to like, I don't care what precautions you have in place. It's going to just spread. So yeah. I mean, where I am from in Srinagar, 
Yeah. Like we 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 have new cases like we have about 300 new cases in Srinagar per day. And yeah. they were because my mother is a teacher and they were debating like okay now we are going to open schools and all. But there was a peak of cases and we are having like 300 400 cases we were not having this these many this many cases before. We are having like 30 cases per day. Yeah. 30 cases per day. but we had because travel restrictions were eased uh flights were started coming to and fro mm-hmm. so there was a in- peak of cases so now everyone has decided okay schools are going to re- remain shut for the while we can teach via zoom we can do online classes and everything for the time being yeah. schools are going to remain shut that's what my view is for schools in the states like okay you can do like i've seen some plans for like day on day off as in like you're online one day and then you're at school the next day and then off the next and then on so then that way like you still have those like for the more like the subjects that require hands on you could do mm-hmm. that versus just online but i think most of those plans have been scrapped cuz they're like it's just spreading and yeah it's not getting any better so i mean it will spread it will for the next couple of months till we get a good viable widely available yeah. vaccine it will spread yeah you will have a second wave you will have a third wave you will have complications you will have more deaths i mean the us is still having more than 1000 deaths per day still and it's yeah. you had a, you had a peak in april then cases subsided for a little while then you had another peak well now so, the the peak has been going forever so like, <laughs> it keeps going up so i'm just like well i feel like america's trying to be number one again so <laughs> Yeah. So you have been teaching why are you been teaching have you been teaching your students why online classes these days? No, um I was released. I lost my job. So Ooh. it's okay. I mean, I wasn't going <laughs> to teach I wasn't going to stay in that district for too long anyways. And I was actually like I was what is it? I was technically a substitute, but I was covering like multiple teachers multiple times. and like they always called me so really i was like almost working full time cuz every other day i was working so mm-hmm. and then i never got to actually say goodbye to my kids because i i um had these kids for like almost a year and then i was released and then i was like well i'm not going back so i never got to say bye to my kids so i'm kind of bummed but at the same time so you to- you so were you teaching middle school or high school what i was teaching middle school this past year middle english oh, that's rough. i know kids, okay. i know yeah. but um mm. i love i was 7th grade so they're not the worst 8th grade is the worst <laughs> they think they're all that and you're like you're su- you're such a punk <laughs> shut up <laughs> like, honestly like <laughs> No, so it's that stage. Okay, I know you. You 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 start getting comfortable in your own knowledge, confident in your own knowledge. So you start speaking up a lot. And yeah, just, and then most yeah. of the time it's just like you're you're talking nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like just shut up, just shut up, sit down. <laughs> and um, no, like must, let's just, a lot of patience to be a teacher. Like not yeah. to snap, be very patient with a kid. Okay, indulge them for a little while. It must take a lot of patience to be a teacher. Yeah, I'm pretty patient because I'm like. um what is it in high school so i've taught high school i've taught like just for uh for a, a university like they've had you go mm-hmm. to a school and teach for like a semester um mm-hmm. i've taught high school i like the lower grades in high school and i like the upper grades in middle school so like 7th through 10th grade is generally where i find myself and that's just because mm-hmm. my worst years were were actually uh 7th grade was pretty bad uh 9th and 10th grade were terrible like 10th grade was probably the worst year i've ever had in school ever so 
Yeah. Are you grinding coffee beans right now? No, I'm just spinning my phone, but I guess. <laughs> oh, I, 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 no, it was like, I, it sounds like you're grinding coffee beans and it would make sense because you've just woken up like 20, 25 minutes ago. Yeah. No, I, actually, I don't drink coffee. So that's something fun. I mean, yeah. how do you survive without your caffeine? I mean, just, you're a teacher. Yeah, I know. You deal with All kids, like seventh, eighth grade kids. I drink tea or I just bring tea bags with me, like a black, like a caffeinated tea. And I just drink that and I'm pretty chill. Otherwise, I just, I normally sleep like seven hours. Today, I slept nine hours. So that probably meant I was really tired. <laughs> but yeah, I normally try to sleep seven to eight hours. So it doesn't matter how much I have to do. I will generally get it done and then I'll just crawl into bed and be like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, I still have seven hours to sleep. So I'm going to go to bed now and just do the rest like tomorrow or something like that. So yeah, sleep's a big you thing. covering for your co-worker or someone, like that you were shifting a guy to the assisting, assisted working facility. How is he now? How is he holding up? Uh, he, I mean, he was coherent every now and then, but my last night with him, he started, like, I think his wife has noticed this. He just kind of, like, he wakes up in the middle of the night, and that's why I'm there to go, like, if he needs water or, you know, something else. But um, he basically, like, I heard him talking, and so I stuck my head in, and I'm like, hey, man, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just talking to my brother. And I'm like, your brother died, like, five years ago. So he's like he's <laughs> in the corner of his room and he's talking to him. And then he like, he went back to bed. And then after like three hours, I hear him talking again. So I go in just to check to make sure he's not calling me. And then it turns out he's mm-hmm. talking to his sister who's still alive, but she's not there at all. She's like back home, like 40 minutes away. So I've noticed, yeah, I was noticing his, his um, brain, his yeah mental state was slowly degrading. So but, but now he's in hospice care and he's proud yeah he's out of pain at least because they can administer morphine there for his mm-hmm. so he's yeah i haven't heard much so he's i think he's still kicking but i'm not sure for how long not sure for how long yeah so on that note yeah let's get to your favorite oh. album <laughs> yes and which is also my favorite album so let's yeah Carrie and Lowell. Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you haven't cried to it, I don't know if you've ever truly listened to it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I like explain this to people. I'm like, it's okay to cry when you listen to music. And they're like, has music ever moved you to that sense? I'm like, yes. (laughs) All the time. All the time. I'm like, well, yeah. So Carrie and Lowell... Uh, it's very personal for me. Yeah, it came out at it. So I'll give you some backstory before Carrie and Lowell came out for me. Like, um, so it came out in 2015. Um, and I was, I went to, I started college in 2014, actually, August. And um, so I was coming over from Hong Kong to the United States. My grandfather lived here. Um, I'm named after him. Middle name is Bruce. That's his name. Mm-hmm. So I was very close to him. I loved him to death. Um, That's one thing I noticed. Yeah. Like your name, Joseph Bruce Ryan, you have like three first names. Joseph well, yeah, Bruce three Ryan. middle names, three last names. They all can be switched around. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was super close to him. And then like we called on the phone and he's like, yeah, I'm so excited to hang out with you. 
we had all these plans for like to do all these things over LA and Long Beach. That's where he lived. But then um, what ended up happening is he ended up uh, passing away six days before I flew over to the United States. And um, that was super hard for me. That was probably the first like family passing that I had that I was actually really emotionally and like had a lot of experiences in. Oh, just so you know, like this is probably going to get super personal. So if you're okay with that, like, yeah, yeah that's, fine, that's fine. Whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I went through the stages of grief. Um, around March is when I reached acceptance. Um, it was relatively, I guess, quick for some people, but uh, to some people, but uh, for me, it was really slow because generally I can get over things pretty quickly. But yeah, just that hit me so hard. And then Sufjan releases this album, and. Um, <laughs> The thing is, my grandfather, he taught at the University of Oregon, which is in Eugene. Mm, yeah. So, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the lyrics refer to things in Oregon, which is actually where my other, where my grandma lives, too. Um, so, all these things, and I'm just like, you know, it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just, it was brutal. Um, yeah, it hit me so hard. And then, um, yeah, I don't think I had fully, I don't think I had fully, like, really wept over my grandfather until that moment I was listening to it and then yeah it just washed over me and I kept listening to it over and over and over so that's what the album means to me it's Mm -hmm. always my album I go to when I'm uh yeah when I'm sad or if I'm yeah because it reminds me of those feelings of like oh yes you felt sad but at the same time there are things that are beautiful that you can remember and whatnot so forth so yeah so what are your thoughts on the album i mean just seeing what you were going through at that time and what the album deals with it was the perfect album to come out at that time and also the worst album to come out at that time for mm-hmm. you because this this album it basically it deals with his grief in the yeah. most personal most raw it's in the most raw form like yeah. he's putting everything out there like if you just take the first song there's yeah. a dignity for it, for instance. Yeah. Like, you see that he does not have a little backstory about the album. Carrie and Lowell, Carrie, is his mo- Carrie was his mother yeah. who passed away in 2012 yeah. uh, from stomach cancer. Yeah. And Lowell is his, uh, well, is his stepfather with whom he runs the As record label. Yeah. yeah. So, so Car- Carrie, she left Sufyan and his father and their siblings when Sufyan was one. Yeah. And then she married Lowell and everything and but they were not close yeah they were not close at all like they did not see her much and this album you can see okay uh, he he did not expect Carrie's death to hit him so hard yeah because he doesn't know him He, he he, he did not know her at all he's trying to fill up imagery he's trying to fill up memories trying to make up a myth of Carrie to like tide him over he did not know her yeah and even yes at at a deathbed uh, have you read that pitchfork piece because a pitchfork i remember pitchfork did a piece uh, on sufian like when this before this album came out like they had a really lengthy interview with him lol and everyone in which he talks about this album have you read that i haven't because i only discovered pitchfork actually this year so like <laughs> I'm still relatively new to American music, like everything about it. So, yeah, like 
understanding like the level layers and all that stuff. I didn't even know there were magazines dedicated <laughs> to this. So I'm like, oh, Pace Magazine. Oh, Pitchfork. Oh, this, that. So no, I haven't read it. I will read it, but yeah. I'll send, I'll send you the link afterwards. Uh, yeah. So he he does say like okay I do not know it and because at a, they were there all his siblings Sophia and he was there when they were when she was dying Carrie and she and he says like okay we're uh, trying to reconcile with the death making peace with her and we were sharing beautiful words with each other yeah and um, like that's for dignity she he for the first they take the first song for example mm-hmm. like he's trying, he, he does not know his mother there is an unfamiliarity there there is love there. But yeah. there's unfamiliarity there, and still he's trying to just, you know, reconcile with her, just support her a little bit in her ending moments. Because uh, the last stanza of the song, which is, I remember listening to the song because uh, I remember when I, when I first heard the song, and the last stanza, which I forgive you, mother, I can hear you, and I long to be near you. Yeah. Oh, that hit, hit me so hard. And I was not really, I remember, I was not really paying attention to the lyrics when I was, when I first listened to the song, but that last stanza. Yeah. Oh, it just hit me so hard. It's like, yeah, it's, um, my friend covered this song and like, he was just like, it's just, he thinks it's the best song of the album. I'm like, okay. But, um, but yeah, like just the descri- description of everything where it's like the roads lead to an end mm. and then yeah it's he's coming to terms with the fact that um so yeah i do know about his mother because actually fun fact in high school um my math teacher his wife is jamila who is sufyan steven's sister Hmm. oh so you have a lot of connections yeah i didn't know i only learned about sufyan when i was really in 10th grade because i was trying to learn acoustic guitar and he's the one you know that teacher had an acoustic guitar in his room so i'd go into his room and he'd be playing music and i'd be like that's cool and then i'd pick up the guitar and play it and then um the first song i ever heard by sufyan was um you know was enchanting ghost and that was like i was like wow <laughs> like mind blown my I know, mind this, this is this is good stuff and so i started listening to him what i didn't know is that my ninth grade so that was 10th grade ninth grade um, Sufyan actually came to Hong Kong just to visit him, my, his brother-in-law and like his sister. And so I, I remember walking into like, well, there, we had these lounges, like just an area where there's couches and students would hang out, eat lunch there or whatnot. I just remember looking for the guitar and then um, I was like, oh, the guitar is gone. So I guess Mr. Yeah, Mr. So-and-so is out. And then I walked around the corner and there's a guy playing that guitar. And then everyone I respected musically, because I was still relatively new to music. I only started in eighth grade, uh, like playing an instrument and whatnot, um, was there. So I was like, okay, this guy's probably really good. So I sat down and then let like, you know, 10th grade, I'm playing guitar. I'm like, who's this guy? And he's like, oh yeah, this is Sufjan Stevens. I'm like, okay, I've heard that name. He's like, yeah, that's the guy you saw last year. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I I kicked myself over that because I'm like, if I, you know, if I hadn't been so naive, like imagine if I had known music a little bit better, um, I would have known who he is. Yeah, I would have probably, I probably would have cracked my pants. But yeah, I was like, oh man, I don't even know what songs he was playing because I didn't know who he was. So 
I was, yeah. So that's. Was he playing for someone or was he just playing for himself? He was playing for just like I think he was hanging out with his brother-in-law. They were just playing guitar, and then um, his brother-in-law told other teachers and other students who are pretty big musicians, like music people, and so they all kind of they all know who he is. They all sat down, you know, like free show, right? <laughs> so. Um, but I, I know I was like sheesh what a guy but um yeah so I do know like to some extent like his relationship with his mother like you listen to his other albums like uh say yes to uh Michigan and you hit you hear Romulus like that pretty much encapsulates I've noticed he, yeah you go ahead no no the thing yeah. I've noticed he uses like either Greek or Roman mythology to really reference his mother because Romulus is Rome. And so, yeah. So, yeah. In this album too, there is Poseidon, there's... Yeah, so many, so many references to Greek slash Roman mythology. So that's, I found that really interesting. We were talking in the first episode, me and Johan were talking about this, the strong imagery in lyrics, like Bon Iver has very strong imagery in imagery in his lyrics, and so has Sufjan. Like, if yeah. you listen to, it's a very easy listening album as compared yeah. to his other age of ads and BQ and stuff. But if you pay attention to the lyrics, you and you pay close attention to the lyrics because there's a the imagery is so strong. Yeah, you won't get it the first time. Like, yeah, it's like it's- a multiple listen album. And when you listen to it multiple times and you pick up the certain words and you listen for just lyrics, you realize how deep his pain is or how confused or how hurt, like, you know, how lost he is in this pain of losing his mother, despite the fact that, you know, they had at best a rocky relationship. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, you can hear it throughout the different lyrics. Do- so, which, like, which song, like, so I guess we're just going to go down the list, right? So. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, okay. So, I think you cut off for a minute there. Okay. So, well, I, yeah. Do you want to go down the list of songs and, like, discuss each one? Or do you want to jump to certain ones? Let's go. So, we have, we are done with Death with Unity. The second one is, yeah. uh, which is the second one? Second one is should have known better. I have them up too. I'm just like, just so I can see. But yeah, um, I look like this was his first, the song that he released first and everyone was super excited because it was like a return to, I guess, classic Sufjan sounding guitar and whatnot because he had Age of Ads. And, and like before that, like really mm-hmm. people started falling in love with him when he was doing like all the yeah. Yeah, so more acoustic stuff. So this is like a return. So I remember when he released this, I was like, released just a little snippet. I was like, Sufjan's releasing it album? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. And then just the lyrics that go with it. I should have known better. Um, yeah, and it's just a second guessing, really. That's how I see it. If you yeah. second guessing it, and you can see, okay, uh, his mother has passed. Now he's going, now he's processing his death. Like, you yeah. can what you can take from the lyrics, like he did not expect her death to hit him so hard. He didn't know her. There was, there was yeah. no relationship, basically. He didn't know yeah. her. And something. Yeah. So, what cut off there for a while. Yeah. But we think should have known better. The second yeah. song, the album, Carry and Low. I think, yeah, like he's like, oh, I should have known better, all these things, all these things, so on and so forth. And then um, 
he gets to um like those last few verses and then the refrain song and part two yeah yeah where he's like nothing can be changed the past is still the past the bridge to nowhere so like you know these really intense feelings and these are like his first reactions to her death mm. and it's like i should have read a letter and then everything explaining what i feel that empty feeling like everything like you the know. first part of the song he's like he's dealing with the depression he's suppressing yeah. his feelings but they are becoming overpowering at times and yeah. he's like he should have made an effort to know his mother he should have written a letter he should have done something yeah like, oh be my rest be my fantasy it's all now it's too late it's, his mother yeah. is a mythological figure now it's just a fantasy now but in the second part of the song when you see okay the music picks up a little bit yeah it's like he's happy. trying to reconcile <laughs> himself like okay yeah <laughs> a little bit happier like he's trying to like, okay i still have many beautiful things in my life his yeah. brother has a daughter there's the beauty that she brings illumination and he's like the first time yeah but then okay like there's some persisting doubt because there's a line don't back down there's nothing left yeah. the, the breakers in the bar no reason to live like there's everything there are still persisting doubts there the depression the black shroud yeah. is surrounding him completely and mm-hmm. at the end because the last two lines of the song are again my brother had a daughter the beauty that she brings illumination illumination illum- like you know like you mutter things to yourself repeatedly sometimes okay uh, this to make them real to make like yeah to let them sink in mm-hmm. it's like he's doing that okay i have good things in my life i have good things in my life i have good things in my life he's doing that he's doing that so it's a yeah it's a good reminder for him to be like yeah there are like yes i've lost my mother but at the same time there are things i think it's also in contrast because you know she's passed but then his brother had a daughter mm-hmm. and so it's like a, a flip it's like life and death you could look at it that way where it starts with um really him coming to terms with um his grief but then mm-hmm. coming to terms with it in the sense of like that life does keep going and um mm-hmm. he's like i can't go back he already says that um like nothing can be changed and then nothing but then he goes to the front where he's just like you know she brings illumination so a new light i guess a new life yeah mm. so, and that's then we have the, uh, and then we have the third song which is all of me wants all of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i <laughs> i i this i think yeah this is my favorite one out of all uh, the entire mine one. mine is mine neither mine neither Yeah. So, if I had to choose one song that I could remove from the album or my least favorite, I'll say okay, yeah, this is my least favorite song of the album. I found um so there's this album and then there's the live version of this album. I feel like the mm-hmm. live version of the song is like any of the live versions are honestly like just crazy in comparison like 4th of July live is insane. Oh. Like it makes you go into existential crisis mode. You're just sitting there and you're like, wow, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> so, but this one is like, is I still don't love it as much as I know a few of my friends who just absolutely love this song. I I find it really hard. Like I, mean, I feel lyrically like it's very sad. I mean lyrically it's very yeah. sad. Yeah. Maybe he's in a toxic relationship with someone or yeah. in which the person is ignoring him. he's intimidated by that person yeah. yeah and then again his mother like 
there's a lot each and every song he's reconciling with the fact okay he did not know his mother but it's yeah. hitting him he misses his mother he loves his mother have you have you seen fleabag fleabag i have not watched fleabag that's another thing i need to watch so this <laughs> Uh, so no no spoilers but the, okay i can't now it will be yeah spoiler. whatever just go for it no 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 i won't spoil it for you nothing okay. <laughs> was going somewhere but it might spoil so, yeah. yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah so in this one like in this song i feel like he feels very distant you can tell cuz like um talking with my friend about it who loves this song he's mm-hmm. like um he just looks at it through the way that his uh his ex and him like how they slowly mm-hmm. started distancing themselves he's like um it's just like you know you can tell like specifically like the person's checking there their is a distance and yeah. there's sort of intimidation because there's also like he compares his ex with Poseidon yeah like there's there's intimidation also there's distance there's yeah. intimidation also like he's the the person is not being there for him in the way Sufyan wants him to be yeah and also the way that Poseidon is generally looked at as the ocean the ocean is unforgiving it's unruly it's brutal it just you know de- can be devastating but yeah so in that sense it's just like wow what has he gone through at this point to, per- to perceive the person he loves or yeah the person he's with as Poseidon has he been dominated by this person has this person been like wild and crazy and at first you know like you look at the ocean you're like wow lovely calm but when you get out there it's terrifying so yeah the so, thing yeah. which i like about this song is that yes a verse talks about him talks about him and his relationship with his ex and with his partner another verse goes back to his mother like this yeah. so first chorus which found myself on spencer's spencer's boot like he's still okay i am i am discovering things about you yeah they are making me, maybe they are making me think less of you my my outline is changing there's distance because spencer's boot is a it's a hiking trail it's a it's hiking a, trail in oregon yeah so he's yeah. distant from himself like physically and everything and no getting to know more things about kari and that is changing this perspective is it making him feel think less of her Yeah. And again you go back to the second verse again going back to his partner again to his mother. Yeah. So it's it changes that is the one thing I like about the song is like it changes perspective. Yeah. If you yeah and then on top of that like the outro is all of me wants all of you. Okay. It's like it can be reference to either his mother or this person that he's with. So it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, <laughs> One of my favorite songs is the next one, which is "Drawn to the Blood." Yeah, "Drawn to the Blood." Jeez, like the shit, shit is going down in this song. I know you're like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, recently, like, I've been listening to I yeah before all this, like, I've been listening to, uh, yeah, so, uh, Karen Lowell a lot just to prepare for this. <laughs> But yeah, I was listening to it with my girlfriend and she her ex was yeah, not the greatest person in the world. And so like she point yeah, some people like other people I know who have been in relationships that are abusive, they're like this pretty much in like, you know, encapsulates like some of it 
where it's like how how did this happen like mm-hmm. what the heck just happened and then that's and the like, strength is um my lover caught me off guard like is this an abusive relationship that's okay yeah like strength of his arm i viewed it originally like someone coming up and grabbing you and you're just mm-hmm. like okay but then i realized oh it's not about you know because when you think of the arm you think more of like hooking something or picking something mm-hmm. up but i guess the strength of his arm refers to like the strength of the hand coming down on him or a mm-hmm. punch or something so or getting pushed away so yeah and it's like I, it caught me off guard mm-hmm. a little bit and like then they're that. also like i'm drawn to the blood is he having suicidal thoughts right now there's crisis of faith because the one wing dove his faith is not that strong because yeah. we know throughout his life throughout his music faith for sufian's faith is important to him he might not be yeah. a very practicing christian or anything but his faith is important to him yeah it helps him move it will help it helps him cope and now after everything like his whatever is happening in this relationship whatever is happening what after carry died the, he's having yeah. he's going through a crisis of faith yeah and then um if you also look at the one wing dove um mm-hmm. so i'm in faith so in christian faith and a dove generally is representative of god's blessing so if you've ever seen a bird with one wing mm-hmm. like, yep. it does not fly <laughs> and it's you know <laughs> it's like it's i guess it's maimed or crippled in some sense so yeah it's like um you can view it as god's blessing really isn't on me or god's bless because when jesus baptized he comes out and a, a dove basically the spirit kind of descends like a dove above him mm-hmm. kind of thing that's the imagery so like mm-hmm. a one wing dove is like this thing's just crippled it's not even flying it's just like on the ground yeah. mm-hmm. it's like not as majestic as it could be mm-hmm. so things like that mm-hmm. that's how i view it anyways and then he references god multiple times like yeah. you know blood on my sleeve mm-hmm. lila of all people delila who's like considered one of the the worst people in the bible um avenge my grief and then it's like how god of elijah how like why or how did this happen and he's I'm like oh, really god familiar with the samson is yeah. i think i'm getting mixed the, the stories mixed up is is delilah the one who betrayed samson like is is that because i think yeah. i'm getting yeah. delilah is the one who cuts samson's hair mm-hmm. and then he loses all of his strength so that's and i'm like of all people you're going to appeal to delilah someone who's known throughout i guess in b- biblical or whatever christian uh tradition as someone who you know betrayed one of god's elect pers- elect judges one of his judges which is you know and then you yeah why do you think that he has used her of all people to why do you think that is she's there um I think it has to do so this is where english like Eng- like yeah i'm not very good with lyrics but um when you look he um he always tra- um he always has opposing figures in his songs that's what i've noticed so he has like greek mythology uh mm-hmm. backed up by you know but in uh in light of um christian faith so it's like interesting cuz generally you wouldn't put those two together but in here like delilah who's not one who's under god's favor he's appealing to because he says with blood on my sleeve delilah avenge my grief he's uh, calling her instead of like god avenge my grief or jesus avenge my grief mm. he's appealing to her because um i guess in this sense he's maybe aligning uh, himself with delilah more because he knows her experience better or something like that because maybe she, you know 
Because you see, like, Samson's stupid strong. So it's like, mm. you know, maybe you've experienced where she probably took, uh, not, I wouldn't say she, he, she was abused, but I will say, like, you know, the strength of his arm. It takes on a totally mm. different meaning when it comes to Delilah. Because she's like, well, look at the strength of his arm. I can break that. And so he's like, you can avenge my grief because you have broken a strong man before. So things like that. That's how I, I view it. Also because Delilah is not like not a good not a good person not the hero so yeah. can it also be like he, so to cope to yeah. avenge like to cope with everything he's going through a destructive path drugs sex alcohol everything yeah and it also be like like to cope with this yeah and you can see it as that way because he understand he's able to um align himself with that person because he's like this is you were quote-unquote heathen and i've done that mm-hmm. so this will avenge like my pain my sorrow so and yeah what does is is god of elijah this is this all does this also reference the bible or the testament um so god of elijah is based elijah do you know anything about him no no no, no. okay so he's one of god's prophets um kind of a judge actually but um mm-hmm. he he's known for calling down literal fire from heaven to destroy this altar that he made to basically prove that God exists against like the, the pagans and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. So when you're saying God of Elijah, I think he's focusing more on the old Testament because an old um, um, general view of God in the old Testament is he's full of wrath and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Albeit that in my view, that's not true. He's the same mm-hmm. yesterday, today and forever. Mm-hmm. But in this sense, it's like how God of Elijah, because it's avenge my grief. I think he's calling like, you know, I want that, that kind of vengeance because Elijah goes through like hell. Essentially, he gets kicked out. Um, He's hunted pretty much the entirety of his life. Like they hunt him. They're trying to kill him because he calls out this king and his queen who are bad, who are evil. Like if you want someone worse than Delilah, you go for Jezebel. (laughs) So that's who his adversary is. His adversary is Jezebel. And so he's like, I want this vengeance, though. I want my grief avenged in the same way because what happens is the fire comes down it burns the altar and then everyone goes and like there's like someone x thousand priests for whatever god ball whatever mm-hmm. and they um they all get murdered they all get slaughtered so in the same way he's like that's the kind of vengeance maybe i want where it's like i'm so hurt i'm in so much pain god of life come like you know and then, but you see in that second stanza of that verse two, where he goes like, as fire to the sun, mm. tell me what I have done. And so it's like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, if I do this, what will happen and so on and so forth? It's like, do I really want to cause that much pain? That's how I view it as. And the last lines too, for my prayer has always been love. It's like, what did I do to deserve this? So Yeah. So it's like he all, he only wanted love, and instead he got something else. He got hit. He got blood on his sleeve. He got you know, and now all of a sudden his love has now turned mm-hmm. to a, a a need for vengeance. And so he's like, how did this happen? So, have you heard that there's an alternate version of the song on the outtakes that he the greatest gift the outtakes he released from Carrie and Lowe? I've only version yeah. of the, I listened to know that it like twice, but I'm not so, familiar. How did he change it? Yeah, he, he has changed the lyrics. The, like, in the original version, we have the strength of his arm, my lover caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. But in that version, we have the strength of his arm, the father of my first child. Yeah. 
So it's, I guess it's more explicit with like abuse at that point then. Yeah. Or, or maybe because I felt and I listened to that version before like a little while ago before talking to you. Mm-hmm. I maybe he's changing perspective. Okay, now this version is from his perspective. The other yeah. pers- the other version might be from Carrie's perspective. I don't know. Maybe because she was tormented by yeah she was she was depressive bipolar schizophrenic so she was tormented by a lot of things yeah maybe maybe actually well he was right like it took years for like a few like how many i don't know how long it took for him to write this but maybe he had already written this song and then things happened in his life and then he was like i understand what it's like now or like she passed away in 2012 this was released in march 2015 three Three years. years hmm. So things might have changed where he, well, he wrote it from a different perspective, from like someone else's perspective, but now mm-hmm. he understood the, he understood now in fullness what it's like. So to want vengeance. So, hmm. yeah. Now, the fifth song, which yes. is like uh, Eugene. Uh, there are, Eugene. And there are certain songs like, okay, very happy sounding songs, but the lyrics are just sad, sad, sad. It is one of those songs, Eugene. Yeah, this Maybe is probably one of the most happiest, happiest sounding songs yeah. on the album. But oh, the lyrics are just okay. Now you're going to be sad. You're going to be sad. It's just that little. Yeah, I think that first verse, well, Eugene, yeah, is where he was whenever he saw his mom. So. Yeah, I've only, yeah. I've only been to Eugene once. I mean, it's that's where my dad grew up with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. little things like that. But um yeah, you can tell like he lo- he wants to, he always ends um a, a verse or a phrase with mm-hmm. I would just want to be near you and now I want to be near you and then yeah. Yeah, it's like things like that, where I just want to be near you. His longing for, I guess, intimacy with his mother, but not receiving it. Because he keeps repeating it. It doesn't matter where he is, either getting a lemon yogurt or at a swimming pool or, you know, getting some, like, obviously they care for him because they're teaching him how to swim. You wouldn't teach someone how to swim if you didn't care for them. But, and In then, that piece, like, that folk yeah. piece that I mentioned uh, earlier, he says that he spent a couple of three, four summers there. When Carrie was married to Lowell, they spent three, four summers in Eugene. And those mm-hmm. were happy, the happier memories with Carrie because she was relatively stable then. She was happier. But you yeah. can see, okay, she's there, but there's also a distance. In the first was only, like, remember I pulled out your shirt. I dropped the ashtray on the floor. I just want to be near you. Like, he's desperate. Well, come, like, yeah. He's desperate love and affection and attention from his mother. And it causes, like, uh, you can look at it like, I don't know if you've had that experience. I think you probably have. I think every kid probably <laughs> has. Where you run up, you grab your mom, you don't know what they're yeah. holding, they drop it, they get mad yeah. at you. So what was viewed as, you know, I wanted to give my mom a hug or, you know, get her attention. Mm-hmm. So it's like I pulled at your shirt, and then by doing so, though, I knocked the ashtray on the floor out of your hand, presumably. And she got mad at him, and then his response is, I just wanted to be near you. And so my rejection was love, but yeah. it turned yeah. out into something destructive. My yeah. my and prayer then, has always been love. Yeah, and then he gets rejected every time. So I guess mm. that's the extent. And so, yeah. And I don't I like this, the second stanza, like when which is like like a father he led community water on my head and he called yeah. me Subaru. 
Like, is he talking about Lowell? Is he talking about someone else who's teaching him how to swim? Like, I don't know how good Lowell is as a swimmer, let alone whether or not <laughs> an instructor. But like my uh, my sister lived up in Washington State for a year so she could finish school because she basically mm-hmm. was not going to pass any of the uh, any of the requirements <laughs> for Hong Kong. But um, like she went, she did swimming a lot, and I would assume that you'd get someone from the community um, who would be a swim instructor. I don't think it's Lowell. I personally think it's someone else because he doesn't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, that that goes like if he's your stepfather, you're so close to your stepfather. I think you'd he would know how to pronounce your yeah. name. Yeah, and I feel like Sufian is not a tough tough name to pronounce. Yeah, but like Subaru. So, mm. <laughs> but yeah. So, and you notice he's like like a father. That can be viewed as two things. It's like he he's like my father, the father that I didn't have. So you could yeah make a case for for Lowell, but then like a father in terms of Christian tradition, which is very evident in this album. Um, mm-hmm. Father refers to like you're either the the pastor or someone so forth, someone you respect a lot. Mm-hmm. So like a father, he led community water, which is you can be viewed as baptism likewise where he's like you know he was called in baptism um the view is you're when you're baptized when you go under the water the old self has died mm-hmm. about the new mm-hmm. self has come and so i guess calling him subaru can be viewed as like a new name for him because he's now been you know baptized in a sense but even then even after being made new he still just wants to be near he wants to be near like Even whatever happens, yeah, he's... yeah, it doesn't change the fact that you know maybe he was about like you know dunked, came out as someone new, completely different, but he still wants to be near his mother. Like that longing has not left him. Mm. And so. towards the end of the song, also, like we we were from the past, now we are in the present, like in the hospital room with her, like all the machines that made a mess, far away the flag falcon flew. Now I want to be near you. Like the longing is still there. Yeah. Sufyan and the Sufyan in, in yeah. 2012 in that hospital room, the longing is still there. Yeah. And then what's interesting in that verse actually is he refers to a bird and you see like in Fourth yeah. of July, they're calling each other cute mm-hmm. names like mm-hmm. animals or insects, like so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mayfly and everything. Yeah. yeah. Dragonfly. So it's like it's interesting. Not like mayfly, dragonfly, birds and yeah. through I love that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, I just, if what's the point of singing songs if they'll never even hear you? Yeah. He's like, come to that really sad, depressing conclusion while he's drunk. Um, no, I'm drunk. Anna. Yeah. That, like, what's, what was the point of even writing? Like, I feel like that's a reference to everything he's already done at this point. Cause he's like, you know, I'm famous or at least respected as a singer songwriter. Mm. Yeah. Like you would think that would bring you a lot of love from you know your parents, but that didn't do anything. So mm. it's like I wish the world would go away. So it's like I don't even. Mm. I guess it's like an anger underneath where it's like, what's the point of singing songs? Like, what's the point? She didn't even hear me when I was singing my songs when she was alive, and now she won't hear them when yeah things like that. So I view it as like what's a frustration of sad, like mm. deep sadness. Mm. And now. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. I think, like, okay, in in a way, because it's a conversation between Gary and Sufyan. The Fourth of yeah. July, you can think of it that way. Like all the anger and frustration that he's feeling at the end of Eugene, it's just sort of resolved in this song. 
when yeah. they when they're talking to each other and like like you said the imagery the dragonfly it's it's so strong it's like he she calls him her little versai yeah it's so strong the imagery is so strong in this yeah mm. what you have said to read that's yeah, yeah please please go on and cut you off yeah it's just so sad um it's just yeah you just you know just the way the pianos like the music the instrumentation for all of this is just um you know so brutal and i've i've had fr- family friends who've um lost people because of cancer either like a parent or a child even like that's one of the worst mm-hmm. things you can experience is watching your child or someone you love really mm-hmm. same way as like the evil spread like a fever ahead so it's like mm-hmm. you know that he's referring to cancer and it's just mm-hmm. it's hard because you can't stop it mm-hmm. and then just so happens like you know he refers to it's night when you died my firefly fireflies don't i don't think live that long and also they they lighten up but then they fade pretty quickly mm-hmm. so, in the same way it's just like that moment where you know we had a moment where we were shedding light on things and then it faded and then now i'm gone have so, you seen grave of the fireflies I have. I've watched it yes. once. I don't know if I can watch it again. It's just... Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just it's you want to get wrecked? <laughs> You're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So there's also the line at the end. And I just, like, I, 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 I was listening to you talk about Firefly, and it just came into my head. Like, it's been a while since I've last seen that movie. But that little girl does say to her brother, why do Fireflies not? Like, like there's, I can't remember the quote, but there is something. Like why don't they live for yeah? Well, yeah, maybe it's a little bit like that, and I don't think they live that long. And they it's like oh, they they glow for a little while, they glow bright, but then it's a pretty swift end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there, is there a biblical reference to because he in the last song she he references to a falcon in this song he references to a hawk. Is there a biblical reference to these birds? Um, I know the dove. The dove is the most obvious biblical mm. illusion because it's like, did you get enough love, my little dove? Mm. So doves are generally viewed as pure, and mm-hmm. so that's why it's biblical in that sense. But um, in this sense, I don't think he's making anything super theologically inclined. I think he's mm-hmm. like because it ends with we're all gonna die, and mm. that's the, that's the truth in um the like i guess in biblical tradition we all die we're all gonna die mm-hmm. like it's inevitable mm-hmm. um that's because of all these things that happen that we have to die but that you know and so it ends with him just going with we're all gonna die and so <laughs> yeah that's my view of it and on fourth of july nonetheless it's like that's the conclusion you come to <laughs> Yeah, and then also like okay, uh, you have your fire, you you have the firefly, and then you hawk. But in the towards the end, the verse three, do you find it all right, my dragonfly? Yeah, and dragonflies don't live that long either. So hmm? dragonflies don't live that long either. Like they yeah. live for a little bit, and then they feast and whatever, and then they lay their their eggs and whatnot, and then they die. And they live both. They live on the water. They live yeah in the air. So maybe. He's like trying to. I I don't know. Like the hospital uh, should the body be cast before I say goodbye, my star in the sky. Such a funny thought to wrap you up in claw. Do you find it all right, my dragonfly? So 
she's going like can it be said my dragonfly like you're going from one plane to another like she's moving on she's passing away well you could look at it as um so they're saying they're going to wrap her up in cloth dragonflies start out that way and they break out eventually mm-hmm. and then they start flying around so i guess it's kind of like um by making her a dragonfly yeah you could say that he's pretty much ushering her on into a new like space where mm-hmm. she um is not in this pain anymore because wrapped up in cloth mm-hmm. you transformed you now can fly away like a dragonfly when you break out of it or whatever wherever you are that kind of thing so and is the tillamook burn what is does it do, i think it's referencing to a real life event that happened in oregon yeah right? the tillamook. so till i only know tillamook from like it's an ice cream co- company and it's awesome <laughs> ever get it if you ever come to the states and you're in oregon get tillamook ice cream it's it's the shit but um but yeah i had to research that and it's basically a fire that happened in the area so tillamook i guess is an area and then something caught fire and it just destroyed like forest fires in oregon are deadly because oregon's actually really dry and um, yeah there's so much forest around um yeah, it's just gonna it's just gonna burn. So it's like likewise, these trees live for can almost live forever, or as viewed forever, like hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And then like with that, like a burn, a fire can just absolutely destroy everything. And so it's like we're all gonna die. It doesn't matter how long we live or how little, how short we live. Like a- anything can we're happen. We're all gonna die. We're yeah. all gonna die. And now, if I have to choose a favorite from the album, like I love the album, I love all the songs, but if I have to choose a favorite, it would be the next one, the only thing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is his best song ever. That's my opinion. I think nothing beats this. Nothing beats this. It's such a great song. And the, oh, the lyrics. I mean, in my opinion, music is best when music is personal. Like you can talk about yourself, you can talk about anything, like whatever is happening around you. But it's best when it's personal. It has got a personal touch, and this is like he's putting his heart out, uh, heart out. Like it's everything that yeah. he's going through right now. It's so, so personal. Yeah. So it's for me, this, like the reason why this is probably my favorite song for probably going to be for if not ever. Um, so yeah, so I discussed at the beginning, like I lost my grandfather, and that's what got me to this album, and this is why this album is so personal to me. Um, so the reason why I'm like, so I grew up in Hong Kong. My last name is Ryan, though, but I'm mm-hmm. of Asian descent. I'm Chinese. So mm-hmm. imagine going into an interview and your name is Joseph Bruce Ryan. They don't know which name to call you and they don't know who you are <laughs> because you're, you know, you're a Chinese guy with a white name. Um, when I was two, I was adopted and uh, I grew up all my life with all my other siblings. We were all adopted as well. Love my family, all that. But um, I started doing this thing called root tracing which is you go try and find your biological mother. Mm. So um, I think it was about, it's gotta be, it's going on two years now. Um, Okay, so I did it for two and a half years. I was looking for her. And then um, this person who was helping me basically found out that she was dead. And so, Mm. and at that point, you know, I was like listening to Sufjan a lot more as usual and um, Mm. It's been two years now since I found out that, but this song is encapsulates. I know what it's like now to lose someone you you didn't really have a relationship with because I never knew my biological mother. I was like, I think I was like 12 hours old when she left me. So 
I didn't know anything about her. But yeah, like to encapsulate the feelings of everything. This was probably the song I listened to the most. It was, I think, when you do, you know how Spotify does like your one year, but your top songs, whatever. This is like number one by like a bazillion. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I love, um, I love how each verse just deals with how brutal it is because it's like, you know, the first verse deals with suicide. It's like, I want, mm-hmm. like, I should drive, I'm driving this car. And if you know what a jackknife is, it's like kind of like a cannonball. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. so cool. So it's like, should I jackknife into the canyon? Like, you don't come back from jackknifing into a canyon. You're dead. But um, he looks up and he sees, like, all these things, like signs and wonders. And then, likewise, now he's looking at constellations that are still Greek slash Roman mythology. Perseus, Medusa, Pegasus. Yeah. And so he's like, look at these things. They're beautiful. Yeah. Like, if you take take a look at this album, okay, he's going through stages of grief he's dealing with his grief and this is like okay uh, now his suicidal tendencies were described in the other previous songs but this is like okay he's hit he, he has hit rock bottom right now yeah because yeah okay in the second verse the only thing that keeps me from cutting my arm cross hatch yeah. arm bath holiday in after that like he's think he has thought about it so much because warm water it helps to dilate your vessel so you yeah. bleed out pretty quickly and, and then, that, like yeah, everything yeah, thought about it so much. Yeah. Is that but, biblical Daniel's message, blood of the moon on us all? Is it biblical? Yeah, that's super biblical. In fact, it's um apocalyptic, if I'm correct. So um he's saying like the water stain on the wall from you know probably um the bath and whatnot. But um so Daniel, he was basically taken from Jerusalem, he's taken to uh, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar or whoever it was before. Basically, um, God, like a hand shows up out of nowhere and starts writing things on the wall and no one can read it. None of the wise men can read it. Everyone's freaking out because can you imagine like a hand just comes out and starts writing <laughs> on your wall in front of the entire, you know, king's court and everything. And they're all drunk as hell. So they're like, oh shit. But then um, <laughs> what happens is Daniel is able to um, decipher it. And that's what eventually gets him into positions of power is because, you know, God's blessing is on him and he's able to read these things. And one of the things he writes in the book of Daniel is like, the moon will turn to blood, something like that. Um, That's very apocalyptic. It's like, that will signal the return of the Messiah or return of so on and so forth. A new, yeah, pretty much God restoring the earth, but the blood on the moon, it, it signals judgment is coming. So whenever we have blood moons, I don't know if you've ever, there was one like two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. The you know it happens to align with the sun, and so this mm-hmm. the moon looks red. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the moon will turn to blood. That's um, in like uh, I think in one of the hymns in uh, the church, there's like the moon will turn to blood, and that's the signal of the end is coming. So you can view it that way. So I guess he's like, oh, in the same way, like um, similar to how Daniel had this message, the blood of the moon is on us all. Like the end will come. But I guess it's not now because I haven't seen a sign yet. Mm. You could look at it that way. Mm. I haven't had that sign yet. So therefore, I won't kill myself. (laughs) That kind of thing. Mm. Then you go back to the choruses. Like the first chorus we have, in a veil of great surprises, I wondered, do you love me? Yeah. uh, 
what's mean what's mainly heartbreaking for me is like okay no relationship, no relationship yeah. with Gary throughout your life but you were there towards the end of like when she passed away you were there and it's hitting you so much because he's like he he, he has expressed regret okay there was no relationship with us uh, no between us and he has still like the regret that he is going to live with this like bury the dead where they found he's discovering new things memories make, maybe making up memories and yeah now discovering certain things new things which he didn't know about his mother now he can't ask his mother about it and all those ghosts those new memories is just it's making yeah. him wonder okay did you love me at all like you were my mother and i've been told throughout my life like yes you had your mo- your monsters you were disturbed but you were a great mother you loved me but did you love me at all like i have been told by people i don't remember it i have no memory of it but did you love me at all and yeah. i have your ghost your memory in a veil of great disguises because i don't know anything for certain right now how do i live with your ghost how do yes yeah. it's pretty heartbreaking it's pretty so hard. i know how that feels because mm-hmm. you can imagine your place for adoption the question is always like why were you placed for adoption um i know that there were a lot of things with my biological mother that were very off first of all she was deeply deeply into heroin so like that was not good and so it makes me wonder like the weird thing about hong kong is this if you're on, if you're pregnant and you cannot go to jail so i they might have changed that uh, hello Hello. 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 Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, back. Where was I? Okay. I think um, we were. Yeah, you were your adoption. You were talking about that. Oh yeah. So I understand. Like my biological mother was in a lot of stuff, and then um, yeah, like it makes you wonder, like, why she gave birth to me. Um, because in Hong Kong, the rule of law, I think it might have changed now. Uh, you can't get put in jail if you're pregnant. And I know that she had like, I have eight other siblings and we're all pretty much close in age. And she was doing stuff that was illegal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder, like, that makes me wonder, like, did you have me because like you want? And the thing is, she leaves immediately after I'm born. She does that with my little brother. She does that with my, I'm assuming with all my other siblings. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it makes you really wonder, like, was she just doing it to re- get out of jail or was she doing it because she actually cared about me? She gave me a name. So that was weird. She gave me a name before she leaves. But um, yeah. Is, so. is she the one who named you Joseph? No, actually, she named me. So in Cantonese, it's so Joey. I'm probably butchering it because I actually don't speak Cantonese, but I just know it's that. Um, and so when I was placed for adoption, they're like, well, they got to give him an English name. His Cantonese name is Joey. So Joey. So that's what they named me. And then they were like, oh, and then my mom, when she adopted me, uh, when my parents adopted me, they were like, we should extend it. And so they made it the full name, which is Joseph. So, and so, yeah, so it makes you wonder. So I do know that my name has some bearings. Has yeah has some has some is something from her. That's probably the apart from life itself. That's probably the only thing she's given me, apart from a, a lot of other things to think about. But yeah, it makes you wonder. Did you love me at all? I understand that it's very also, hard. Like the yeah. ghost of her name is with you. The name yeah. that she gave you is with you. 
Yeah, and then it's like in the chorus, the second chorus, it's like, do I care if I despise this? Nothing else matters. I know. Um, and then, how do I live with your ghost? He's haunted by her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I understand that because it's like every now and then I think about it. Like one thing I like one superficial thing I wanted to know about my biological mother was if I look like her. I think that's you know you don't know your your parents. You'd probably want to see if you look like them. Maybe have some resemblance to them, just at least physical. And so um, that's the ghost that haunts me because whenever I look in a mirror, I know that there's a high chance I look like her, or at least I mm-hmm. see her face in some way. So, and then yeah, just yeah, the bridges suck. <laughs> <laughs> the bridges. And then it's also be like, okay, I. You don't. No one likes unanswered questions. Yeah. No one likes unanswered questions. Like, and you want certain answers like it doesn't mean that you're to be at peace you need answers yeah and right now with his circumstances and your circumstance it's i don't have question i don't have answers i only have questions i don't have answers i only have ghosts i only have more and more questions how do i be, be at peace with that it's like that yeah and then yeah the part where he just talks about um should i tear my eyes out now like that's that's brutal that's brutal that's so brutal that can be viewed as well yeah it's like biblically um it like biblical tradition they say you know if your eye causes you to sin you should remove it but he's not saying like actually do it what he is saying is like Mm -hmm. it would be better for you to be blind than to actually Mm -hmm. Be thrown into hell so that's what jesus that's referring to jesus that's what i think of when i think of it because it's like these eyes they cause me wanting to kill myself which is generally viewed as a sin because you're damaging the image of god and so he's like you know should i tear my eyes out now so i don't you know because everything i see returns to you and that makes me go back to that space mm-hmm. where i want to die it could also be viewed as um like it's it's really hard where everything, everything, all the grief is just so, uh, like, so under the surface, so subconscious that it just takes one thing, just one thing I look at, one thing I feel. It's just desperate. Yeah. Like, should I tear my eyes? I want it all to stop. Should I just tear my eyes out so that I can't yeah. see? And then in the second line, should I tear out my heart? Yeah. Should I just end it all? Should I just tear my heart out? Because everything I feel, it, yeah. everything I see returns to you, everything I feel returns to you. And then yeah. there's like helplessness in the last line. It's, I just want to save you from your sorrow. Yeah. I just want to save you from your sorrow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh gosh. <laughs> but then it was in like, not, he, he has somewhat regained his faith in faith. Like if, if, it, if yeah. it makes sense, like his faith in, maybe his faith will save, save him. Like the only reason why I continue at all faith in reason I wasted my life playing dumb. Like sign, and then again, blind faith, God's grace, nothing left else to impart. Like he's all leaving it up to God. Like where yeah. I'm from, in uh, uh, um, where I'm from, Kashmir. Like there's a phrase in Kashmiri which I use very frequently. Like whenever I have to like just let things be, God will handle it. There's like there's a phrase in Kashmiri which I use. It's Pushravkadas. Like God will handle it. Pushravkadas. Yeah. So like he's also like going doing like Pushravkadas. Like I have left it to God. Yeah. Um, I was in, I actually taught English one summer over in like a country in the Middle East. And the phrase they always told me was inshallah, which means oh, inshallah. God, God will. will. Yeah, God will. Yeah. So 
it's very well it honestly in cultural context it really just means no but um <laughs> like do you want to go to the beach inshallah which really means yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, okay, you ask me something and i can't say you yes or no inshallah which you should yeah, know it's no probably no <laughs> but, um, but yeah like you can view it in that sense but i think he's um i know he he had this whole thing when immigration was a huge issue in the states like should we let them in should we not specifically syrian refugees and whatnot mm -hmm. and he just basically said he like honestly theologically he's super on point because he's just like first of all america was never god's people god's people is reserved for the jewish slash israel israeli nation and he said that's it and he says <laughs> you guys talk about god's favor among us like god has blessed <laughs> us with these things but remember that God also calls us to care for those who, you know, the widows and the orphans, which there are a bunch of who are trying mm -hmm. to flee their country because, you know, they've mm -hmm. been on the smithereens. So it's like, you know, if you're truly, if you're, yeah. And so I'm like, he understands faith incredibly well. So faith and reason. So either it's faith in reason itself or just faith with reason together, because he's like, mm -hmm. I realize I've been really dumb to, it's like, I think this is, the reason why this is probably his best song is because he starts with like the grief of I want to die. He's not in denial anymore. He already went through denial, which is should I have known? I should have mm -hmm. known. Better. But now he's come to the conclusion where it's like, um, I like it's, I guess, acceptance because he's like, the only reason why I continue. So he's like, I'm continue. I'm going to continue. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's understood faith in better reason he's now reasoning as opposed to just like i'm i'm gonna go kill myself but um mm -hmm. yeah and then he remarks on things that he remembers so i had to look up what why sea lion caves in the dark and um i I've, I've driven up the coast from california to oregon before and i have never gone to these caves but i know about them like there are these cave like you can see sea lions all over the coast like it's pretty wild mm -hmm. They're pretty fun. they smell awful but um <laughs> But yeah, like there are apparently these caves that are, you can walk into, you can't go down into them, but you can walk towards the top and look down and it's just full of sea lions because, you know, they're trying to protect themselves. And so it's like little things like that. Like even in the darkness, there's community because sea lions are always together. There's like a bunch of them together. So it's like, even in the dark, like in a cave in the dark, um, you have all these things together. And those are some of the things he sees. And so like, he's still, even in his darkness, he knows that blind faith, blind, same thing, darkness, God's grace. He still understands that there is that. So mm -hmm. that's, and yeah. Then, that's, and then towards, like, in the last, do I care if the, I survive this? Bury the dead where they're, they're found. In a veil of great surprises, hold my head till I drown. Like, is it still, is it still referring to that Poseidon imagery? Like, he's getting so inundated by his memories, his grief, like he's just now indulging him. He has, accept, he has accepted, accepted it and he's just like, okay, staying. I, I know this. I'm going through this. And I... Hello? Hello? Yeah. yeah I think it's on my side. It has to be on my side. Yeah, Because you're like, on your here's side. day. And then all of a sudden it gets out. Mm, it is on your side. Yeah. And nice. then the, I think in the, it, it, is, it, is, it is a very sad song, full of heartbreaking lyrics. 
but his desperation does, does shine through this one line. Should I tear my arms out now? I want to feel your touch. Yeah. Come on. Oh God, this just. Yeah. And that's what great music is. Sufyan is that. Like he makes you feel things. Like I don't know. I, I have a good relationship with my mother. Why am I crying in, the, in this album? Why am I crying so much? Because you felt like I feel like this this song speaks to pretty much can speak to almost any experience to an extent. Because it's like you know. Even when you break up with someone, you've had that experience where it's like, this mm. song reminds me of her, or this mm. song reminds me of her, so on and so mm. forth. So on and so, yeah. And then it's like, mm. I just want to tear my arms off because every time I touch something, I'm like, oh, mm. look at these socks. Those are a gift from so and so. Or look at this picture, whatever. Like, or I just cooked this dish we used to cook together. And it always hard comes back to that person. So, yeah. The final I, four lines of the song, I, I won't say. It's acceptance, it's resignation. Like he is resigned to his fact. He has resigned himself to his misery. You're like, should I tear my eyes out now? Everything I see returns to you somehow. Should I tear my heart out out now? Everything I feel returns to you somehow. Like he's resigned to it now. And yeah. There's there's not acceptance, but there's a resignation. Okay, right. This is my fate now. This is what I, this is my new life. This is what I have to deal with now. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. That out. That song was. Just brutal. <laughs> like my top five Sufyan songs, like if I have to choose my top five, which is going to be very difficult, but if I have to choose my top five, it would be easily in there. Like maybe my favorite Sufyan song. Yeah, I think Barnum. That that's my favorite one. Yeah, and but you know, the Ascension is still coming out, so <laughs> and, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> and we have had two great songs, so I don't know. Like pretty high like, expectations. He already has twenty-two minutes. Of, <laughs> of songs in two songs, so like, sheesh. And so. he has written uh, like I, the, the these two, the America and My it was written at the same time when he was writing Carrie and Lowell. So yeah, I let's see. Now yeah. the song Carrie and Lowell, title track to the album, which yeah. pretty strong by biblical imagery too and mythological imagery also, but pretty strong biblical imagery too. Yeah, like, like, I mean, um, under the pear tree, like, um, I don't know if you've listened to Hamilton, but he refers to everyone will sit under their own vine, and so. Mm. Yeah, so like one of the characters refers to that, and that's somewhat biblical. It's like you're gonna sit under your own vine, you're gonna be in the shade. So, but I, I haven't, I haven't listened to Hamilton though. Okay, well, it's on Disney Plus now. Like <laughs> <laughs> they should give me rights for that. <laughs> I I, like I can't like everyone like when it came out on Disney Plus, everyone was so hyped. I cannot bring myself like I'm not re- not really interested in that. Not can't bring I'm, myself to get. Yeah. I'm generally more for you have to be in person at a show, so I understand why people are super hyped about it because it's it's a group that they'll never see in their life because mm-hmm. you know it's like five thousand dollars per ticket like shit mm-hmm. like that it's stupid so yeah but anyways yeah um, I felt like this is probably one of the more sounds wise happy happier songs <laughs> it's surprisingly happy sounding you're like oh like right after the only thing you know it's like you yeah, get two, one get three 
four, three, two, four, and the finger picker, yeah, it picks, it picks up pretty quick, like three, four, and then he just picks up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like... Same. Pretty uh, sad. And drunk as a horse, like climb on the mattress pad, twist my arm. Is yeah. it about him? Is it about Carrie? I don't know. Like, can you... I think this song is uh, about her and Lol. Probably more about her. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, then, yeah. Please continue, continue. Hmm? No, no, I said you go. I cut you off. Please go on. Um, I don't really have much to say because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can view it as he's talking about her and he's talking about her in ways that are real. But, um, you know, like, when I talk about my grandfather, I say some things that he used to do, like, just some little weird things he used to do. And you notice it's like, you know, she's either drunk and kind of like as a horse fly. I don't know if you've ever seen a horse fly fly around. They're big and they're kind of, kind of like, if they bite you, it sucks. But, um, <laughs> like, they, they fly around, but they're kind of all erratic. Like, flies fly around erratically. So, and then that's probably how she's, like, moving around. And then, yeah, she might have fallen over at some point because it says head on the floorboards covered in mm-hmm. blood. Maybe so. she's drunk because she was ha- having substance abuse. Uh, substance yeah. issues. Or maybe she's drunk and she fell off. Yeah. Like head on the floorboards, uh, climb on the mattress pad. Like maybe they're ca- she's drunk and they're carrying her or something. Yeah, and they're like, come on, get on there. And then maybe she twists their arm or something. Or um, I was reading up on that. But the only one I can find is unreviewed, but apparently, um, yeah, like twist my arm is a response by her. Like, can you get on the mattress pad? And she's like, twist my arm, and then like you know, like, oh, screw you. <laughs> like, you can do it. You can say, it. yeah, you you don't own me. I can do whatever I want. I can but, do whatever I want. Yeah. I think there's also like. The like the, that sounds like I will bow down like Dido's lament, Lord of ancient waters from the backwater, uh, from the backyard as far as she went. Carry surprised me, Erebus yeah. on my back, my lucky charm. Like she's there, that like, she did not go that far. She's still in the backyard, but the yeah. distance between them is so much. Like yeah, so he's she's there, but physically she's there, but not fully there, not present. Yeah, and you can look at the backyard as like maybe mm-hmm. metaphorical also like it can play both it's probably literal but figuratively it could be like even mm-hmm. in my house my mind like she's still in the backyard like i know mm-hmm. she's still there like she like if you look at the only thing the ghost so on and so mm-hmm. forth still there with me so and the last and like no carrie the the rest of the song is the usual the themes that we have already discussed but the last song like he's so desperate like Carry come home. Thora's yeah. friend was seen as a anti, I think, schizophrenic drug. Yeah. Like holding your hands with opal like a dead horse, shall we ascend? Flight of a mayfly. Like they know, he knows mayflies don't live for long. They have a very yeah. short lifespan. They die really fast. Like, she knows that it's not going to last. If him on my back, she break my, he breaks my arm. Like it's not going to last. It's painful. It's dreadful. But he's yeah. still desperate because at the end of the day, he. Distance, like how many issues we have with your parents, 
you st- a part of you is still going to want that validation from your parents that acceptance yeah. from your parents and sufyan is no different and if you look like i feel like the only the only time like there's a mention of like touch in this song between them like intimacy mm-hmm. it's um she breaks my arm so it's like even when he got what he wanted which is i want to be near you i want your mm-hmm. touch it's pain so it's like i don't know if it's literal or not um there's i am i for myself yeah so but yeah like the only time he's able to be in contact like physical contact with her it's like she breaks my arm so okay now we have the last three songs left yeah john my beloved you know i read a theory they like okay because like everyone knows like is either is is either a sufian song is about god or either it's gay like everyone knows yeah. <laughs> is that a natural man or it's not god <laughs> and there is was a theory uh, <laughs> there was a theory that it might be about hamilton or some like have you read that theory that the song about who about hamilton and i i don't remember then i'll send you the video because in which they sort of break it down like it might be about hamilton and i yeah. hope you you might know what was his friend's name his comrade you will know it um like hamilton's relationship with someone yeah. or yeah yeah hamilton's relationship with someone yeah um there's theories that he and like this guy named john lawrence yeah yes john lawrence <laughs> but it's like you know whatever but um whatever. that's my view it's just like if they were together like they're dead now so <laughs> Right. And um, Sufyan writing about them in an album about his mother. It's not... Yeah. Um, in biblical tradition, John, like the um the disciple John, well the apostle John, he's referred to as the disciple Jesus loved. Hmm. While Peter is the guy that you know Jesus ends up making the base of his church. Um, there's like a group of four guys that's called Jesus's inner circle in regards to the disciples out of the 12. Mm-hmm. And John is one of them. And he, when in his gospel, he always refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved or something like that. So when I f- saw the title, John, my beloved, I was like, is he writing from Jesus's perspective? <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. A Jesus perspective, but then bring it back to himself a little bit like i have a, like i have a heart that offends with its lonely and greedy demands there's yeah. only a shadow of me in a matter of speaking i'm dead like can yeah. we pretend like is he talking to his maybe his partner like can he pretend for a little while yeah like, can we just, just pretend for a little while that it's okay like so that everything is okay for just a little while i just need a little bit of time because yeah. I, because he is greedy he has a heart that offends with his greedy demands he's greedy he wants a little bit of love a little bit of normalcy because he's not he's not there there's only a shadow yeah. of him yeah mm-hmm. and when you refer to something like you know this guy is a shadow of himself or a shell of himself mm-hmm. you're like that's normally like he's pretty much not the same anymore and in this regard he's like i'm dead like mm-hmm. i'm dead not even like, mm-hmm. you know yeah my and then at the end like he's like calling out to god just help me like jesus i need you be near me come shield me from fossils that found, fall on my head yeah and what are yeah. fossils like in this in the in the context of the song what are fossils are they bad memories his grief what are fossils 
when you think of fossils, when I think of fossils, I generally think of bones, but I also think of bones that refer to a time before. Um, so yeah, you can go to this place called the La Brea Tar Pits and they have a bunch of them. They just found a bunch of like fossils in there. But um, yeah, when I think of like fossils that fall on my head, specifically in this instance, in this line, he's like, you know, things they're, you know, they're heavy, they're hard, they're gonna hurt me, mm -hmm. but you know, you can shield me from them. But yeah, things from the mm -hmm. past that remind me of whatever, either it could be Carrie, it could be the grief that he felt, maybe the desire to die, so on and so forth but just things that he, you know, you know, you have bones in your closet kind of thing where it's like mm -hmm. things that I've done that I, mistakes I've made that I don't want to repeat. Mm -hmm. So that's how I view it at least. And now the song, this, No Shade in the Shadow of the Cross in which like everything goes wrong. Yeah. Is it, is it, uh, he, everything that could, could go wrong did go wrong for Sufjan. And it's a pretty like I don't I, I think it's a, it's one of the simplest songs on this, like it's really straightforward this song. Yeah, if you think about it, like his drug abuse, yeah. he has cut himself. He get drunk. He drunk. Has yeah. a bunch of sex to try and bunch you know, of sex, take yeah. one more hit when you depart. So it's like you know you, even even when that like that person still leaves him, and he's like you know I have to rely on something else now. So it's either getting drunk, getting laid, or now I'm taking a hit. Of something and just cutting himself yeah. and there's also like i'll drive that straight to the center of my heart lonely vampire yeah. inhaling its fire i'm chasing the dragon to fall like he knows this drug use is destructive but he he has he, he he needs to have something and he is on a destructive path might as well just kill himself and yeah. just go full on and then but at the end okay i am falling that there's there's that realization there's blood yeah. on that blade fuck me i'm falling apart and but what I like, my assassin like Casper the Ghost, there's no shade in the shadow of the cross. The assassin like Casper the Ghost, Casper the Friendly Ghost, yeah. his, the memories of his mother, like they're still, throughout the, throughout the album, we have known one thing, like one thing is very consistent. Yes, there's this depression, there's a drug abuse, there's an abusive relationship. Like the hole that his mother left because Carrie might, might as well have died when Sufjan was born, if you think about yeah. it. In one way, because there was a hole when she left, when he was one, because no one remember. Like, do you remember what, what you were going through, what your life was at one years old? No one remember. He has no memories, very little memories of his mother. Yeah. So he, she might as well have died when she left. And so she's the ghost. Like her memory, what he has, the, the myth that he has put around Carrie, it's it's the ghost, and it's still plaguing him. Like it's it's plaguing him from the start, and we have now moved because we are going through all the stages of grief he's dealing we are going through Sufyan on this journey and it's still the ghost is still there his assassin who's killing him his mother the memories of his mother it's still there yeah and la la the, there's no shade in the shadow of the cross like shade is what like, if, if you're in the sun you're in you go to the shade and it's relief yeah no shade in the shadow of the cross like he can't find relief in his face yeah his faith can't help him, right? But, like, that's the crazy thing about it is, like, even though there's a shadow, which generally, you know, that means there's an object there, um, there's mm -hmm. still shadow. There. But he doesn't mm -hmm. find any relief or, yeah. He knows it's there and it's there. It's daunting. It's, over, it's there, yeah. Like a shadow mm -hmm. over his head. But in the same sense, he's like, I don't find any relief here. So he's trying to find relief in other things. So, yeah. yeah. And now the last song. Yeah. Blue Bucket of Gold. Which is a brew bucket of gold, which is 
also one of the simpler songs but oh i i i think it must be my second favorite from the song yeah it's such a great song my blue bucket of gold friend why don't you love me like yeah it's just like yeah. it's just <laughs> like come on is like a blue bucket of gold is this that like the bucket of gold like the pot of gold and like at the end of the rainbow it's like that or is my blue bucket of gold does mean something yeah it's i viewed it like that first verse where it's like my blue bucket of gold friend why don't you love me he like maybe he's harkening back to a feeling he had when he was a child but at the same sense like mm-hmm. now it's extended beyond to his friend who is Carrie it could be a lover it could be Carrie mm-hmm. either way it's like why don't you love me so it's like mm-hmm. yeah and then i noticed when he always said like that the the refrain is always raise your right hand yeah. when you raise your right hand um generally you have in court specifically or any taking an oath yeah yeah, it's an oath you have to do um it's a testament to like your truth so it's like i'll tell you tell me you want me in your life so raise your right hand tell me you want me in your life give me the truth do you want me in your life the truth and nothing but the truth and then raise your red flag which is just like i viewed it as originally as um when you raise a red flag or you see red flags in someone you're like Mm. that's a no or that's a cop i guess the red the red it's just like oh you've raised a red flag on me which is like oh just when i wanted you in my life you've kind of pushed me away because you don't go toward or you've become more cautious with me because you don't go something when towards something that's dangerous to you so yeah i also like search for things to extol friends the fable like me like he's still making stuff like he's in a world of his own yeah he's making stuff but like Lord, Lord, touch me with lightning. Does it mean that he wants? Like, does lightning have a biblical? Is it is it a biblical line or something like that? Or is it just simply simply like he's asking for like divine providence? Like, come on, just I need something. I need a sign. Is it just like that? I mean, you've you've probably experienced lightning storms. They're like awe inspiring. You'll just look at them and you'll be like, holy crap! Yeah, mm-hmm. in the same sense, he wants maybe he wants something. Um, just as intense just as big just as yeah Mm. but lightning can also be like remember that he's also uh, relying a lot on roman slash greek mythology so lightning Mm -hmm. god is is zeus Mm -hmm. god of thunder Mm -hmm. and lightning so Mm -hmm. in the same sense just um i want that power i want that um touch me with your lightning so strike me in a way but i don't think it means strike me to kill me it's like empower me so and then he goes back to the same thing. Raise your right hand. Tell me you want me. And then he ends. I... Yeah. Then he ends the song with just crazy swells of just sound, which I remember when I was first listened to the album and I was still getting over my grandfather. Um, just those swells is like you can basically just cry into them because it's like just crying into the <laughs> void. I'm just like oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah. and these swells uh you have you did you hear my rajneesh yes same thing they're, they're the same thing yeah same thing in that too maybe just there's there's no except like in the it does the alum does not end on a happier note he's not happy he has not resolved yeah. anything but he has explained himself to the fact like okay it's there it is as it is he has resigned himself it's just he likes it it seems like okay it's just it is as it is yeah and then on top of that like you hear him singing notes into the like it's not just synths 
and like heavy pads and reverb and whatnot. It's just him also like singing into that void with a lot of reverb attached. So it never ends. And like, you could just keep, you could, if you could, you could splice that and just loop it over and over and over and over. And it would basically be like how he felt. So just screaming. Yeah, and yeah. I, just, I, yeah. I just remembered like when John, my beloved in the end, if you listen carefully, he takes a breath. Yeah, yeah. Like he wants to say something, yeah. but he doesn't say anything. Like, okay, he, it's, it's what's make these small things yeah. make the album just more poignant. Yeah, his. So we discussed, like, we talked for one and a half hour. We have discussed. I'm sorry, I cut It's you okay. You I was going to say, like, instead of just a breath, I view it as a sigh for John, my beloved, because he's just like, <sighs> yeah, it's just like, uh <laughs> I maybe it was like so intense when he was recording it, but I basically view it as like he said everything he needed to say, and yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah, the, the load is off his chest yeah. now; he can breathe. Yeah, so, makes sense. So I am going to close the Sufyan chapter here. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to now. I'm going to ask you some other questions. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Now, what music are you listening to these days? Um, my music range, my yeah, my music tastes range like crazy. Um, Phoebe Bridgers' Punisher was excellent. I saw that you posted that. I'm gonna listen to that today, actually. Um, Punisher is. I it took me a few listens to love. I honestly thought Stranger in the Alts was still stronger, but after listening to um, Punisher like three times, oh, it only took me three times. I was like, this as a whole. Is far better than Stranger in the Alps. Stranger in the Alps has those songs that you love. Maybe it's because it's your first experience of listening to Phoebe Bridgers. But yeah, uh, Punisher is by far better in, in fullness, like in whole. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening to Japanese Breakfast. I don't know if you know that band. I know. Yeah. So Japanese Breakfast. They're they are actually Korean. Hmm? I know. It's so funny. She's like Korean. But <laughs> it kills me. And it- it's a Twitter bio. I'm Korean, actually. TSA, I'm Korean. It's so funny. But um, and I was just like, yeah, she's. A, I love her voice. I love. I love watching them perform live on YouTube. I, that's my goal: see them live. Um, I've been listening to. Um, I tried listening to Folklore by Taylor Swift. I know there's going to be a bunch of haters that are probably going to contact me because of this, but um, I'm not sold. Honestly, I listened to it twice. I've never been. A- I've never been a T-Swizzle fan. This doesn't make me... like. I love the fact that she went kind of back to her first two albums, sound-wise. But this doesn't it doesn't make me... Maybe if I listen to it like five more times, I'll eventually get to a point. So I'm going to give it that. I normally listen to albums ten times to like... like I am not a Taylor Swift fan. I have, like This is the first album of hers that I listened to in, the enti- in its entirety. I'm not a Taylor Swift yeah. fan. But I like this album. Like Maybe because... It's more indie-ish because she has she collaborated with the National and Bonaire. Yeah. But I like it. It was a good. It was a good. I had fun listening yeah. to it. I only listened to it, but it was it was a good listen. But experience. yeah, so I yeah I'm probably gonna listen to that more. Um, I was recently. I've, I've obviously, if you listen to Brit, Phoebe Bridgers, Sue Fiance, so and so forth, you have to listen to Julian Baker and then also Mitski. Yeah. I love Mitski. Oh, Mitsuki, Mitsuki is so cool. I'm like, dude, 
My favorite is your best American girl. Because I'm like, I understand what that's like to come over to the States <laughs> and then be viewed as a weirdo because you don't do certain things a, different, a certain way. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so. But uh, I, the video, the music video for that song is so weird. And I I love her. I Her music videos are so weird. Um, another, another band I've been listening to. Um, I recently got into Shoegaze. So naturally, everyone tells you to listen to some some group called My Bloody Valentine. Not to be confused with Bullet from My Valentine, but My Bloody <laughs> Valentine. Um, I've listened to Run River North. They're a Korean-American rock band. They're probably the best show I've ever seen live, bar none. They are so fun. They are some of the nicest people. Um, yeah, and they're not like, you know, like after the show, they just went over to their merch table and like took photos with you and like, I was in a venue with like 200 people. And so it was super fun. Um, mm-hmm. Krongbin, I don't know if you've heard of Krongbin. No, no. I don't okay, they're they're good. Um, I'm a bassist, that's my primary instrument, bass. Um, and so I listen to music specifically to see what bassists do. And I try to implement that when I play music because I want to be able to play, I want to be like a Swiss Army knife in the sense of bass. I can play anything. <laughs> you tell me what styles you like, I'll do it. And so little things like that. Um, they're they're like a weird combination of things. They're good. Yeah, they they start out with the drums and then the bass. That's how they make their tracks. The drummer comes up with the beat. The bassist makes a bass track, and then the electric guitarist does like a melody over it. It's very inspired by um, Indian or Middle Eastern music. Mm-hmm. So like he plays it melodically in the electric guitar. It's not like a riff. It's like melodic. It's like someone singing. Um, my friend actually released. Um, an album, an EP. His name's Isaac Chan. He's he's my best friend. Yeah, and so I've been listening to that. I think seeing him go from his first EP, which he actually took down, um, I was kind of bummed because I liked it. But to see how much he's grown as a musician. Why did he take? Why did he take it down? Um, it was written at a time in his life that um, he you know wanted to express these feelings for someone, like feelings either good and bad, like the feelings he was hurt from but then it wasn't to his standards now so he took it down and he re- actually rewrote one of the like redid one of the songs and i think it's far better so i'm like yeah if he keeps redoing those songs or like you know you got to let them sit and then edit so on and so forth so that and i recently got into the 1975 <laughs> mm-hmm. yep those are some bands oh and then my other friend he's releasing an album it's called Leon, and his name's Leonce. Leonce, I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, he's the one who basically got me into Sufjan, like really deep into Sufjan. He was one of my friends that he basically was like, "Yeah, um, here," and then he opened my world up to Sufjan. So I respect him. I love him to death. So yeah. Which was which album was your introduction to Sufjan? My which introduction was, was um, Seven Swans. Seven. Not many people. Oh, yeah, you told not me. many people start with Seven Swans. I'm thinking. Most people, no, I started with Carrie and Lowe. Yeah. I started with Carrie and Lowe. Most people start with like like people I've met. They normally go with Come Here to Illinois because that's like you know the most mm. obvious. And then some people just for some reason Age of Ads is like their thing, and they somehow get into the rest of Sufjan. Even though Age of Ads is so different, in my opinion, so from anything he's done. I went from Carrie and Lowell to Age of Ads, and it was an adjustment. Because yeah, you're like, what the hell? 
but it's good. It's good stuff. It's good. And I, I have a feeling that Ascension is going to be more Age of Ads than Carrie and Lowell or Michigan or something. It's going to be more along Age of Ads. Yeah, Age of but it's probably going to have the lyrical depth of, like, it's going to be wild. <laughs> I'm excited. Like, I'm very excited for that. So. Okay. Which is your favorite movie soundtrack? Movie soundtrack? Okay. Yeah. There's, there's soundtracks that are based, made up of music from, like, pop culture. And for that, I'm going to go with. Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. I think the music they picked for it was excellent. Yeah, that one's pretty solid. And Johan also. Yeah. Forrest Gump. That, August Rush is really good. If you never mm-hmm. watched August Rush, watch August Rush. It's what made me realize yeah. I loved music. And it's just excellent. It's not like anything special, but it's very personal to me too. It's it's the movie with Robin Williams and he teaches that little kid, like he takes the little kid. It's, it's that movie, right? Because I, or am I, am I getting confused? I, he actually, he plays like a pretty side role in comparison to the whole movie. But yeah, he eventually... Yeah, yeah that little kid. The little Freddie kid Highmore. As like, yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, he basically, like it's a kid looking for his parents through music. He hears them. He's a prodigy. Mm-hmm. Like bar none, he's a prodigy. But he's here, mm-hmm. and like his mom is a famous cellist, his dad's a famous rock star, and so he's able to hear different things, and he combines both, and it's like really wild. Then the last song itself is worth it. But if I had to just go straight music, like orchestral soundtrack, Lord of the Rings, bar none, that is the best freaking soundtrack ever. <laughs> they play the do 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 do, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, and then. Yeah, it's just so many so many moments are attached to certain phrases in those instrument mm. instrument phrases, and it's just you know what happens in this moment. You can listen to certain movies who use there are certain movies who use music pretty well. It's one of them, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, it's insane, and like you know, it can be so simple. Like, um, I, you've watched it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know when like Rohan shows up to save Gondor, <laughs> like. You just hear the little horn, <laughs> and you're just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching it with like my cousins and stuff, and we just like all lost our minds. We we're like, oh my gosh, we're like things are flying through the air. We're like, ah! and we wake up my grandma, like things like that. It was wild. We were like just absolutely losing it. At that point, we though we had watched like all three movies, so this is yeah in one sitting. So <laughs> we're like. Oh, it's what, it's what, 10 hours, 10 and a half hours? Yeah, it's, well, we didn't do extended. We did just did the normal theatrical cut. And then um, I think it was like a few years later, we did the extended, which is like fit, like 12 hours. <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> but yeah, so that's probably my favorite. Uh, or if I just went f- full orchestral. If I had to go with like soundtracks, though, like, s- like songs made for something, I would probably go with, um, I do love Hercules, like the Disney Hercules soundtrack. I don't mm-hmm. think there's ever been a better singing group ever. <laughs> Just, you know, I won't say I'm in love is amazing. I like Pocahontas. I know it's like not racially or politically correct, but Colors of the Wind is an excellent song. I think it really covers uh, like Manifest Destiny really well in the sense of like, just because you land on a place doesn't mean it's yours to conquer. Like, look at these things. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think with all the colors of the wind? It's like very nature friendly, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were talking about orchestral sounds, and I was listening yesterday to Hans Zimmer's. Have you seen Gladiator? Yes, of course. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was listening to that song like remember him and LCM and in which Lisa I don't remember her second name she's just humming humming a little bit and it's so like I get goosebumps every time I know it's like you know if you haven't cried during Gladiator's Wall like have you lived it's just that moment and, yeah when he's in the fields yeah mm-hmm. and he's about to enter through that gate and you're like dang such a good movie such excellent a good film movie. yeah and there's another movie which I and most like have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I have not. Oh, like there's a piece by Clint Mansell. It's mean if you have to like pick a standout piece from the soundtrack, it would be Lux Eterna by Clint Mansell. <laughs> and I remember it's the first time. I remember the by that point. I remember it very clearly. It was the first time that um that music had just like made me stop. Had shook me so deeply. Yeah. because that score is so strong like it's orchestral completely it slowly builds up and then it's just full on it hits you yeah and i remember and i was pretty young because i shouldn't have watched the movie when i saw the movie because it's very disturbing yeah like i was in 8th grade or 9th 8th grade maybe when i saw the movie yeah and it's i i have still i have still had difficulty i i seeing that movie again because it's so disturbing that movie and you should see it it's a great movie yeah. but very disturbing i have a list of movies that i have and to I, see so i'm like shoot So. And I remember very distinctly when Lex Eterna played, and I had goosebumps for the first time. I remember this was the first time music had moved me in that way that I had goosebumps, little goosebumps, like you had with Enchanting Ghosts. Yeah. I had that experience with Lex Eterna. Yeah, and it's beautiful, beautiful, very disturbing, very sad, but beautiful. Yeah, um, I would also be remiss if I didn't like mention that I love Miyazaki films, Hayao Miyazaki films. Oh. I recently watched Howl's Moving Castle again and like I okay crazy story I went to I helped out a guy like get into his car he's an older guy I was just like random guy mm-hmm. and he was just like oh thanks for helping me with groceries and what not I'm like yeah my pleasure he's like what are you doing tonight and I'm like not much why and he's like well um I was going to go to this concert if like my friend decided to bail here's a ticket and I was like cool and then he gave me it and I was like okay and so I went and it was at the Nokia theater what i didn't know what it was it was joe hisaishi the guy who makes all the music for studio ghibli films and i was like what and so i got <laughs> i just him for free essentially although i did have to pay for parking and parking stuff but well but still like pay for it's okay you have to pay for parking like it's okay $30 for parking but it was worth it <laughs> so i just remember good things people you do good you get yeah, I, good I, was, I was like so surprised i was like why wouldn't you go even by yourself but i had like you know two seats to myself because the guy and his friend were going to sit there so i was like cool so i just sat there and just listened to it very well oh but yeah that's how it's going to go have such good scores ghibli movies have such good scores well incredible messages as well throughout the movie like you know his idea he's basically just anti war and pro environment that's you can encapsulate all his movies like that but he doesn't do it in a way that makes you go like oh he's just bashing me with ideas no it's like mm-hmm. this is what happens these are the consequences of this or this is the reality that we live in and this is the reality we could be in so on and so forth so i love he doesn't shove it down your throat he does it in such a way that he doesn't he's not forcing it on yeah. you yeah but he does make you listen okay it's done in such a way that it doesn't make you listen oh yes yeah. it's, it's about that so yeah i appreciate him a lot for that he's He's an excellent. You know, it's kind of bummed that he retired, but I know that is he's he's coming back. He's he's out of retirement. He's working on a new another one. one. <laughs> it's like another 5 years. 
because it takes yeah. so long to write, draw everything, write everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's always excellent. You know, it's going to be a good film. It is going to. Which is your favorite Ghibli movie? Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. It used to be Spirited Away, but Howl's Moving Castle hits me differently. There's just something about it. And you know, like the guy, he's willing to turn in, Howl's willing to turn into a monster, essentially. Mm-hmm. To die, almost oh. die for what he believes in. And yeah. Princess Mononoke is also. Oh, yeah. If Amazing. I choose my favorite, it will be Princess, Princess Mononoke. Excellent film. All of them are good. I really liked um, Spirited Away, of course, is a lot of people's favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I do like Ponyo. Ponyo's fun. I recently watched Arietti or something. Or, yeah. mm, uh, yes, Arietti. I can't pronounce the name, but it's like, I think it's that Arietti. Yeah, that was interesting. I like The Wind Rises. That's probably my second favorite. It's so sad, but it's so good. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. The wind rises. I haven't seen it. That's that was supposedly his last one. That was the last one he was gonna do. And so you know, it's anti-war, anti-gun, anti-everything. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't think I don't think Miyazaki san will ever retire. He he's that kind of person. I don't think he'll ever retire. He will never put his pen down. I he will always come back. Yeah. And may he live long. He he live a long and healthy life. But I don't think Miyazaki san will ever retire. Yeah. I'm hoping he doesn't either. His films are too good. So, but yeah. Uh, which are your other anime? Like we have now, except like putting aside Miyazaki san for a while, we have in the anime scene we have like Satoshi Kon. Have you seen any of his movies? So, fun fact about me: I'm actually not that crazy about anime. But oh. that being said, like I've tried. Like it's not like oh I don't like anime. It's because like. I've tried and I couldn't like they're so long. Some of them are so long. And then after talking with somebody I knew in high school, she actually taught herself Japanese so she could listen and watch <laughs> anime and and read manga in like literal so it could get actually translated to her. She says that sometimes things are lost in English translation. Yeah, subs are better than yeah, subs are better than dubs basically. But yeah, I'm I haven't but what would you suggest? Like so, uh, the the one I, that I was about to talk about, it's not. They are not animated series. I was just talking about movies. Like Satoshi Kon, he has made certain movies, mm-hmm. and if you haven't watched them, you should watch them. Like there's Perfect Blue, yeah. There's Paprika, these two. I'll say just and Tokyo Godfathers. These three, I, like one and a half hour movies. Yeah. But I think barring Miyazaki son, he's he was he passed away unfortunately a couple of years ago. No, oh. he was the best. Filmmaker in the Japanese Japanese animated anime industry, and his fun fact: his movie Paprika is one of the inspirations for Inception. Uh, and when you ha- you have seen Inception, of course, right? yeah, Inception is insane. Yeah, so you will see like there are certain pa- like certain scenes are completely taken from Paprika. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And Perfect Blue is like Requiem for a Dream. It was inspired by Perfect Blue. Okay, sweet. A little bit. So it's very good, very good movies. Yeah, I will definitely look at them then. So, because I like, yeah, I like Inception a lot. So, hmm. and recently you've had, I think you must have seen it. You must have seen Your Name. Hmm. Your Name? I think recently. I did. Yeah, Your Name. So I went to go see it and then, like, my friend bailed and I was like, well, <laughs> you have the tickets, man. So, like, you're, you're the one with the money. <laughs> So I ended up not going. I haven't watched it yet, 
I probably will. There's like a list of, I have so many films I need to watch. Like I was talking with another friend and they're like, you should watch A Beautiful Mind. So that's one I want to watch. You haven't seen it yet. Oh, you should. There are a lot of things I haven't seen. And then like, you know, coming to the States where everything is accessible. It's just like Mm -hmm. crazy. I like, I try to introduce people to like old school movies. Like we're talking like American old school movies, like The Sandlot and yeah, things like that. So I try to do that, but a lot of people are introducing me to the more um, heavier sub- film subject, whatever. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited because, you know, I've heard only good things. And there's, there's always like a top 50 list and most of these are listed. You cut off for a while, so I didn't hear what you were saying for the past one minute because there was some error in connection. So you cut off for a while. So it's what are you saying? I was saying, um, basically, like, I haven't watched a lot of things, but I have a list. And basically, it's always like, I've seen Shawshank Redemption, Schindler's List, all these films that are widely renowned. And so I'm like, if they're widely renowned, generally, um, you know, they should be good. So I will definitely go try and watch A Beautiful Mind. I know that's something we're going to watch. We're also going to watch Fight Club because one of my friends didn't watch that. I watched it. Mm-hmm. Different movies that, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you the last question and then we're going yeah. to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. If you had to recommend anything, like people are listening, what would you recommend? Like quarantine, play, what would you recommend? Listening music wise? Yeah, music wise, yeah. Um, like what would make them happier or like during quarantine, what should you be listening to? No, no, I, I mean like you're listening to some music. Yeah. Like just recommend something, not necessarily like hmm. not quarantine music, but just music that you want people to listen to. I should give a sh- Yeah, it's like, you know, the person I pick is like a huge Give your friend Isaac a shout out, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give, like if you haven't listened to Isaac Chan, like I'm, he's always open to critique. And so I'm always trying to understand. He writes, he's definitely influenced by um, Bon Iver a lot. He's definitely influenced by, um, yeah, by so many artists. Phoebe Bridgers is one of them too, recently. Like I introduced him to Phoebe Bridgers. He listened to Funeral and basically fell in love and cried. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'll give a shout out to him. I'll give a shout out to my friend James Leonce. He's, if you want songs that are, hard his are more existential crisis i've seen him live i've only seen him live once and that's just because i just happened to be in the same area where he was and he was doing like a free show so i went Mm -hmm. and i remember just like everyone it's kind of like the feeling of you know how um fourth of july ends we're all gonna die Mm -hmm. it was like that like throughout the entire show (laughs) existential dread completely yeah and he like had this moment where for like i think it was five minutes i felt like maybe an hour but he was just like shredding his guitar like just and then he was like ah, screaming into the microphone and like <laughs> and lots of reverb and swells and like everyone else is like doing the same thing we're all just like collectively screaming together it was a very it's like yes yeah, a very interesting feeling to have that so he goes by leonce or he goes by the ministry of interior spaces he has two ministry of interior spaces though is like more of his ambient stuff he released mm-hmm. a poetry book with it and I got it with like the music. And so I listen to the music and you read through the poems while the music is going. So I found that really cool. Um, 
larger slash more well-known, more established artists. If you haven't listened to Punisher, like, good God, like, get on that train. <laughs> get on that friggin' train. What are uh, you doing? If you haven't listened to Punisher in quarantine, what are you doing? Listen I know, like, you obviously haven't cried hard enough. And then, like, just, you know, I know the end, that screaming at the end. My Isaac hates it. I love it. I think it's great. I, I love think... it. It's, it's my favorite oh. track of the album. I love it. I love it. You just scream at the end. You're like, yeah! <laughs> so, if you're alone in your house, in your apartment, and you just feel a need to release, just listen to Punisher all the way through. Turn, um, the, turn, turn up the volume a little bit and just... Yeah, and just, just fall into the, you know, into the dread. Um, I recently discovered this band called Turnover. They're pretty good. Uh, they're more alternative rock. That's my kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I discovered this artist named Rina Sakayama. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I can't pronounce her second name, but my God. Such a good first album. No, but, like, she released a song called STFU. Shut the fuck up. But um, she, you know, she's normally pop or like whatever, like stuff you'd listen to in the club. Shut the fuck up is like she's basically saying like, you're fetishizing of me as an Asian female. Like fuck you. <laughs> if you watch the music video, you are going to cringe so hard. You're gonna be like literally like for me as an Asian, I've been fetishized even as an Asian male. Like people will say like you normally don't, but even I have. Like I went out with like mm-hmm. a few girls. They kept on saying like. Oh, I love K-pop and this and that. And I'm like, did you only go out with me because you thought I was Korean? Because I'm actually Chinese. Sorry to burst your bubble, <laughs> but um, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I understand. So it's like, oh, like fuck you. <laughs> like, no, I haven't seen. I will, I will check out the music video. I haven't seen the music video yet. But such a good first album. It's yeah, very really, very really good album. Rina oh. Saya, why well, I can't I can't pronounce it. I'm not even oh, yeah. going to pronounce yeah. it. But mm-hmm. yeah, her she's really good, and I really like. Idols, I-D-L-E-S. If you've never listened to Idols, I only discovered them because of NPR Tiny Desk. And they they absolutely, I love, I grew up listening to punk rock. So like more pop punk, pop punk, like Blink-182, Sum 41. But Idols is like a return to like true punk rock. Um, there are a bunch of guys who are like 30, late 30s, early 40s. They basically all had jobs before and they've all decided to leave those jobs and pursue music. The mm-hmm. uh, lead singer, I respect the hell out of him. His mom got a stroke when he was 16. He took care of her until she died before they released their first album. So she never even got to listen to the first album. And then their, then his wife had a miscarriage while they were recording their second album. So he wrote a song about that. But this guy's like, you know, he looks tough as nails, but he's he has a good heart. He ba- like Their songs are basically like anti-fascist, anti-racist, anti-whatever songs, like punk rock songs. Mm-hmm. And like I, I would love to see them live. I miss them by like a month um, in LA. They came to LA and I miss them. But like, if you haven't listened to them, like their music, their lyrics aren't super, like aren't going to be like super, like, um, you know, like Sufjan's. They're not going to be like in that depth, but they do strike a chord. They're very hard and they're in your face. They're like, you know, um, I raise my fist because black is beautiful, things like that. Or I, mm-hmm. I do this, or I do that, or um, one of my favorite songs by them is called "I'm Scum," and I think that's one of the funniest, <laughs> one of the funniest songs ever. But it's amazing because it's just like, oh, I've been cast as violent and whatever, whatever. I'm scum. I was like, oh, 
I help this person with whatever, whatever, or I vote for this, or I give money to this charity. I'm scum. Oh, I'm old, fat, ugly, whatever. It's basically like, you know, ever, all the haters about them were like, you're too old to do this, or you can't do music now. No one's going to listen to you, or no one's going to listen to this. And they basically like, well, fuck you. Like, I'm scum. I guess I'm scum. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that song. I think it's one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> so, yeah. Idols is definitely one of my shout outs. If you want to just get angsty or you just want to like jump around in your room, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. You know, so. I, I discovered like on Pitchfork because I was, was scrolling Pitchfork yesterday and I read yeah. an album uh, review, so I checked them out. They're an artist, I think it's her stage name, Illuminati Hearty. <laughs> Oh my god, and she released a play, uh, a mixtape, and it's so good, like it's 11 songs, and it's just 22 minutes long, each song is one and a half minute, two minutes, and it's so good, like all that I mean, punk rock angst, and I'll recommend it so much, if you because you like punk rock and angsty songs, so I'll recommend it that. You, yeah, I'll definitely listen, listen to that. That's mm-hmm. so funny, that's an awesome, <laughs> awesome name, oh my gosh. Naughty <laughs> <laughs> hotties. <laughs> Another band, Men I Trust. Um, I like lo-fi sounds a little bit Mm -hmm. and um, they're, yeah, you know, their bassist is phenomenal. I think their bass is the most strongest part because the first song I listened to Men I Trust was Lauren and the bass is so beautiful. Like it's, it's, it's a dominating part of the song, the dominating instrument and so beautiful. It's It's very good. Definitely Mm -hmm. would recommend Men I Trust. Just listen to them. Mm -hmm. They released a live album that they recorded in their garage or something. And so you can hear them like playing together, and that's actually pretty cool. They co- they do a bunch of their own songs. So, and then uh, my friend introduced me to oh, here's another shout out for another friend. Uh, <laughs> her name is Tiffany Wu, but she's part of this group. It's like six people, seven people. It's called Decoration Day. They just released it. Everyone's releasing stuff. I mean, like you have so much time now, so I guess why not? Um, but yeah, they're called Decoration Day. They're from Canada as well, like Men I Trust and. Uh, yeah, so she introduced me to this, this lady called the Weather Station or the Weathering Station or something like that. The Weather Station, I think it is. And she reminds me of music my mom would listen to, which is like very folksy. Canadian. It's like almost Joni Mitchell-ish. Mm. So that's actually pretty fun to listen to. And then she actually ventured into rock because she wanted to like sheaf off the, the folk um, label that had been dropped on her. And honestly, her... Her jump into rock is definitely good. Like, I like it a lot. So, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you so much because you've been very understanding. We yeah. have to change things a little bit, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I Hi. guess this is pro- probably a plug for you at the end if <laughs> someone gets to this point. Yeah, like, if you, you know, this guy's like, Rihanna's really awesome. You can talk to him about anything, you can pick any album. And, you know, just as long as you give him fair warning, if he doesn't know the album, he'll listen to it, you know, and so forth. And easy conversation. So don't feel afraid to, like, reach out. You don't have to be an expert in music. I'm not. So, yeah. I, I think I should say that I'm a girl because you're saying, hey, mom, I just, I think oh, I should sorry, say. my bad. I'm not, no, no. <laughs> I can't tell, like, this is a name. Like, what does your name mean? Uh, Rehab, it's, it's an Arabic name. It means a big-hearted person. Okay, big heart. Yeah, there you go. Like, what more do you need to know? The name means big heart. <laughs> so, just join. Thank you, know. thank you for the plug. Thank, thank you. Plug. you. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I just, I've just got 
the I the trailer, the new trailer for my podcast. I'm just going to cut this part part off and just post it. Like this is this is all you need yeah, yeah. to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we should do it again. Yeah, I yeah. should probably let's let's retry that retake number two. Hello. If you're listening, <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You should get some rest. So yeah, just, I think I'll just sleep now in a while. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Bye-bye. You can find all the music that I recommended in a playlist on Spotify. Just search Q the music and you should find it there. Also be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Q the music for all updates. Again, thank you to Joseph and thank you to you all for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.